welcome listeners to season two, episode 17 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we've got a special treat for you. We believe that Black Lives Matter, and we think it's important to use our platform to amplify Black voices whenever we can, especially when covering a film like Get Out from 2017. Huh. 2017 and it's episode 17. Whoa, it's season two, episode 17. I did it on purpose. It all fit. (laughs) So get ready because this episode is jam-packed with thoughts and analysis from black podcasters and movie lovers. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this drink to be like sangria, but there's something sinister at work here. It does kind of look like sangria. I I would say it doesn't look like sangria at all. I don't know. The ingredients are similar. I don't know what sangria looks like. It kind of looks like orange crush. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Kind of like Fanta. Yeah. I haven't tasted it yet, so I'm very (laughs) excited. Well, before you taste it, you should know it's called the Armitage Sangria, but sangria is in quotations. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) This is a drink that would vote for Obama three times. Yeah, if it could. Yeah. (laughs) 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 This episode will contain discussions on racism and the current state of the world in America. So if that's something that you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by right now, feel free to skip this episode. So we were at the liquor store doing our regular once a month run for life. And I was like, I need to pick up something that will be cool for the podcast, something weird to use. So I got pear liqueur. Yeah, that is very different than anything we've done before. Which I've never used before. So I used that as the base. And of course, we also used Anderson Distilling's Limoncello Mm. for this. But then when I started drinking it, it was so sweet because of this pear liqueur, (laughs) goddammit. I should never branch out. Never do anything different unless Uh, it's sponsored, I guess. (laughs) That's fair. Well, thankfully, all our sponsored liquors are good. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so turning it into a sangria helped it. The white wine definitely saves it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So I just tried it now. I can see how it would be very um, like syrupy without the the cut of the wine. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you added that. It's. It's actually not bad now. It's very pear-y. Pear-ish? Yeah. It's very pear-ish. I don't even taste pear. I taste... Oh, it's like the, like, artificial candy oh, pear. Oh, okay. Like candy sure. banana or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. I just taste, like, sugar, which is too bad because I feel like I overwhelm the limoncello in this. That's true. Also, fun fact about candy banana flavor, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently that's what bananas used to taste like. I like how you they- say bananas. Bananas? <laughs> Ananabs, but yeah, that's apparently what bananas used to taste like before they were mutated to be more eatable. I heard that too. People just love mutating fruits to be different things. Yeah. That doesn't explain strawberry candy because that doesn't taste like anything that has ever existed ever. (laughs) But this is like good. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's a summer drink. Yeah. We were debating like calling it the Armitage iced tea because they drink iced tea in the movie, but it's not iced tea at all. (laughs) Armitage. But it is definitely something you could sip out on your patio or on your rooftop if you're in an apartment like us. Mm -hmm. We don't go on the balcony or anything because that's where other people go. We're just stuck in quarantine. Just right now. Yes. But yeah, it's very refreshing. It's very reminiscent of what I'm sure summer is like outside. I will warn you that it will definitely knock you off your feet because there's like only one ingredient in this that is not liquor. (laughs) The ice cube? Okay, two. (laughs) Unlike the name of this movie, during quarantine, we should not get out. 
Did I do it? Uh, Is that fine? Yeah. So this week we watched Get Out, which premiered on February 24th, 2017. It's written and directed by Jordan Peele, and it stars Daniel Kaluuya as boyfriend and photographer Chris Washington, Allison Williams as white girlfriend Rose Armitage, and Lil Rel Howery as TSA agent slash BFF Rod Williams. Slash best part of the movie. <laughs> Rod Williams. I feel like I say that really good. Rod Williams. Rod Williams. Much better than the five takes you tried to say Chris Washington. Wash- <laughs> Damn it. You're keeping that in. It's the S and H in, in both. Of, uh, there's no S and H in Chris. I don't know. Chris Washington. <laughs> it's weird. I feel like saying like Christopher Washington is easier than yes. saying Chris. It's the. Oh, yeah. It's the S to the W that yeah. is hard to do. Yeah. Chris Washington. <laughs> The synopsis is ripped off of IMDb by user Nick Reganis. Thank you, Nick. If you want your synopsis to be read on the show, just send it to drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com and we just might use it. Chris Washington, a talented young African-American photographer, prepares to meet his Caucasian girlfriend Rose Armitage's parents during a weekend in their Lake Ponico house. What? In their Lake Ponico house? That's weird. Whatever. In, in their in the house. <laughs> in but their it's, house. But its adjective is Lake Ponitage. Ponico. It's like at their house would be better. But moving on, Chris and Rose have been together for five months now, and the Armitages are completely unaware that their daughter's sweetheart is black. But when Chris finally meets Rose's mother, a psychiatrist who specializes in hypnosis, and her father, a neurosurgeon, he will soon realize that the family is surrounded by black servants in the total privacy of their magnificent yet secluded estate in the woods. Little by little, as the friendly and polite ambience gives way to an indistinguishable, rather unrecognizable threat, the unsettling mood coupled with sheer dread will quickly disturb the family's tranquil facade. What could the Armitages be hiding? And why is there an off-limits locked room that leads to the basement? Dun, dun, dun. If we learned anything from Conjuring, there's ghosts down there. I also love how he's like, it's an, un, or I'm assuming it's a he, an unseen threat. I'm like, the threat is the white people. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, jeez. It's very seen <laughs> extremely early on in the movie. <laughs> the Armitage, this is my part now, add it again. The Armitages have a, that's a weird word to say with like an S at the end. Armitage. Anyway, they have a party inviting all their white friends over and Chris deals with a shit ton of microaggressions and awful conversations with the guests. He meets another black man at the party who doesn't seem like himself either, just like the housekeeper and gardener. Chris takes a photo of him to send to his BFF TSA agent, Rod Williams, and the flash <laughs> makes the man rush Chris and warn him, get out. It turns out that Rose and her family are kidnapping slash collecting black folks, performing brain surgery and hypnosis on them in the basement in order to put their own consciousness inside them. Chris fights back and manages to get out of the home, narrowly escaping, becoming another victim of the awful Armitage family. Meanwhile, Rod figured out what was going on from the clues Chris kept sending him, and he went to the cops for help. Shocker, they did fuck all. <laughs> Rod goes to save his friend himself, coming across a bloody Chris who has already managed to escape and fight off these awful, awful people, and they drive away. Because TSA agents handle shit, apparently. <laughs> Hit me with that trailer audio. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. We hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. So look, I go do my research. 
Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how you not scared of this, man? Bros, we gotta go. Is everything okay? That trailer gave away so much. Oh my god, that was much too much. That was like it I was there was a point when it didn't show that Rose also was evil and I was like, "Okay, maybe they're giving at least a little bit of secrecy." And then at the end she is has the gun. That yeah. was like the whole movie basically. I'm really glad that we went in cuz we saw this together for the first time a while ago like when it came out and we didn't know that much. No. Which was good. I think I'd seen this trailer but didn't really like I don't know if I was okay with trailers that gave away too much back then or something. I was a different person. Yeah. And trailers spoiling stuff were a-okay with me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I mentioned it while we were watching, but the end of that trailer has a scene where he's in the sunken place and like a deer skeleton pops out. That was really cool. But it wasn't in the, the, final the cut. movie at all. Yeah. yeah, which is too bad. But it worked in the trailer. It's also funny because you pointed out that there's a uh, puppetry person credited. In the credits, yeah. yeah. So maybe they did that, got credited still, but it never ended up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Good, they still got credited, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it made it in the trailer, so they have to be credited. All right. So that's enough talk from us. Here are some awesome submissions from black podcasters and movie lovers about their thoughts and feelings on Get Out. If you like what you hear, make sure to follow them on social media and check out their own podcasts. Links to all their shows and where they can be found are in our episode show notes. We'll see you after the ad break. Hi, this is Tiffany from Black Girls Do Stuff 2 here to give my thoughts on Jordan Peele's Get Out. Where to start? Um, I guess I will start by saying I didn't find this movie scary I found it more funny and it might have been coming from a place of protection I guess my thoughts on that uh just because I've experienced a lot of the things uh that the character the main character experienced in this movie um when in groups of a large number of white people uh, down to the I voted for Obama I would vote for him again if I could uh just little comments they would say about certain things that obviously had to do more about uh, my race than who I was as a person. And I found it easier to laugh about it than to be scared because of course it's easier to laugh than it is to be scared. Um, but I loved the movie from start to finish. I loved the way it was crafted. I loved the little, I guess, Easter eggs that were planted throughout the movie that you pick up uh, every time you go back and rewatch it. Um, I love that this is a scary movie that I can go back and watch multiple times. And again, probably because it wasn't scary to me. Uh, my thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I guess I just I just really liked the movie. I like that it gave a voice to the feeling that so many Black people have when we're in situations where we are literally the only black person, um, even down to the almost a sense of camaraderie that the main character tried to establish with the only other black person in the room, only for it to go <laughs> horribly wrong. But I've experienced all of this, and I loved that Jordan Peele gave uh, all of us a it's kind of a way to explain to people how we feel. Well, not explain, but he showed them. So that when it comes to me trying to explain things to my white friends, it's they got it more after seeing this movie, if that makes sense. So I guess I really 
appreciated this movie for the commentary that it gave um, and also the bit of shorthand when it comes to explaining race relations to your predominantly white friends when you know that they're trying to understand and you want to help them understand. Thank you for letting me uh, voice my opinions on your podcast and I look forward to hearing your episode. Hello, I'm Didi Sweets. I host a little podcast called Hey, I'm Didi, which you can find on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio. How you doing? I'm here to talk about the wonderful horror movie that is Jordan Peele's Get Out. Um, when I first saw it, I was both shocked while laughing my ass off because all of those awkward ass encounters are things that I still face daily as a black person in America. Um, hello to all the good folks listening in Canada. Hello to the host. If you happen to be a custom agent at the Canadian border, do know that I don't like you because you give me hell every time I go through there. I'm just a big softy, yet you hold me for two to three hours every time I visit Vancouver. Anyway, that's besides the point. But yes, this movie it's fantastic as it is scary. It gives you a window to what black folks deal with on the daily and have been dealing with since God knows how long. Sure, we had a black president. Sure, we've had gains, this and that. But if you can tell from the events of the past week, progress has been very, very, very slow. Maybe progress will be made when, you know, black people aren't killed for nothing. <laughs> what a thought, right? Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. Speaking of which, if you heard anything about the original ending of Get Out, um, you should buy Jordan Peele coffee, beer, anything from Starbucks, whatever. Uh, maybe all, all seasons of Keen Peele if you can find it. Because the original ending, it had Homeboy getting arrested by the cops. That's what separates this movie from real life. Because the original ending, he's arrested. Real life, we're just shot for no fucking reason. And it's sad that it's still happening to this day. We got people out in the streets protesting it because we are sick and tired of it. But let me not go there. <laughs> We're just here to talk about movies, right? It's just here to talk about movies. Here to talk about movies. Movies that reflect real life. Thank you for not asking me to come on to talk about 12 Years a Slave because that is a horror movie in every sense of the word. Fuck that movie. Anyway, um, that's my time. Wait, like I'm a damn... <laughs> That's my time, folks. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HeyDDSweets. That's H-E-Y. Why am I spelling that? Folks know how to spell Hey, but it's the D-D part. That's D-E-E-D-E-E-Sweets. All together, that is HeyDDSweets. Come and say hello. Talk some shit. I'm friendly to a certain extent. Much love for having my goofy ass on here. Much love. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for having me. My name is T. Martell from Love and Relations Podcast. I was recently asked to watch Get Out and talk about my favorite scenes and see how it, you know, relates to the climate, the the climate of the United States right now. So um, I'm going to talk about three scenes that I thought was really, really important. Um, one of the scenes is when Chris tells the we know who's the grandma now, but she's the maid, the 
black maid she tells her like you know i get a little nervous when there's too many white people and i feel like all black people can relate to something like that because especially in this time where we've seen in central park that the black gentleman was there and he asked the white lady to put her dog on a leash and she called the cops on him and told the cops crying on the phone that a big black man is following me and is, is threatening me and you just know that white people can use their privilege against you and they can weaponize you from the color of your skin. So Kristen and Rose's parents' house, something goes missing. He's the one that's going to be blamed for it or the maid or the housekeeper guy. Like, you know, the black person's going to be blamed. So I, so when he made that statement that, you know, I feel a little bit uncomfortable or basically saying I feel uncomfortable with a house of white people that really stuck out to me like that's a true fact because and then also when you're around people that are not like you you know everybody is going to be a little different but when you're around people that's not like you it's always a little you know wary but with people that are not of color without when you're not around black people white people kind of have a sense of things that they say that make you uncomfortable like oh you're pretty for a black girl or you know you don't look black or something like that so it's like when you're around these people it's kind of like oh am i gonna have to worry about that that was one scene that i really thought was really really important second scene is when they're bidding on chris to see who's gonna get his body it reminded me of slave trading (laughs) in the united states slavery was 400 years and they had slave sales they sold slaves they bought the slaves and they literally went to places to bid off of slaves so in the scene they're silently bidding off of a picture of Chris and it's like it literally remind me of slavery literally boop point blank period Jordan Peele genius he literally put that in there like symbolism 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 like that symbolized slavery that's what it was it was slavery boom they bidding off of his body who wants this black man because I'm selling him to the highest bidder I'm selling his body to the highest bidder. That was for slavery. You weren't selling somebody's mind. You were selling somebody's body. You're using them as a vessel. You're using them as a piece of work. They were property, like you're selling them. So they were selling Chris. Rose's parent father was bidding, doing the bingo thing, like selling him, literally selling him. It's crazy. Oh, when Chris is being introduced to all the people, the guests, and they ask him, like, how do you feel? Do you feel like being a black person is better in this environment? There's a saying that's been going around right now that me, that says everybody wants our rhythm, but nobody wants our blues. And that's true. All of these people are looking at Chris like, you're so strong. You're so beautiful. The guy that won the bid, I want your eyes. I want this. Everybody wants what a black person has. We see that in the culture. We see that in people's appearance. People want big lips. People want big butt. People want big hips. People want all these things that they naturally don't have that black people do naturally have, but they don't want to deal with the struggle. This is a perfect time to talk about this because black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. And... You know, we have people who benefit off of black culture and they don't they're not speaking about Black Lives Matter, but they're literally making money off of black culture. And in this movie, there's a symbolism of that. People want, oh, are you good at basketball? Are you good at this? Are you good at that? The guy literally bought Chris so he can have his eyes. And he's saying like, oh, it's not about color. For him, it's not. But all the other people that, you know, bought all these people because of their physique, because of their strength, because of their, you know, will to live. All of these are coming from, you know, black people. Everybody want to be like us, but everybody don't want to be us. You know, when, when the time is right. 
when the time counts. So let's say that again. Everybody wants our rhythm, but nobody wants our blues. That's a fact. That's a motherfucking fact. So that was a very important scene. So let's recap. So we have the scene where he's talking to the maid, where he says, you know, I get a little nervous with so many white people. That's a fact. We all feel like that. And we said, why? Second scene, when they were bidding on Chris's body, basically Chris's photo, but Chris's body, because they were going to implant somebody's brain in his body. So they're bidding on Chris's body. A slavery trade. Slave trade. Period. Pooh. Period. Pooh. Boo-boo. Like, that's it. Slavery. Third, when everybody's asking Chris about, you know, his attributes and what does he do and, you know, how he's so strong, how his muscles, is it really, is it really bigger? They're asking Rose, is it really bigger? Like, everybody wants our rhythm but doesn't want our blows, want to benefit from our music, want to benefit from our fashion, want to benefit from our style, want to benefit from our struggles, want to benefit from our dialect, but don't want to, you know, stand up for us when the time is right. And that's exactly what we see in this movie, how everybody wanted to be somebody that they're not because they want to live longer. They want to be faster. They want to be cuter. They want to be stronger. They want to look better, but they don't want to, like, when you look at the movie, there were no black people at Rose's parents' house, except for the ones that they stole. Especially, except for the slaves. Yeah, crazy. Well, the people they kidnapped, the black people. And this time is actually, I can't even say in this time because it's been... 400 plus years of this time quote-unquote so since the beginning of time this has been the problem but this movie was actually a great movie for symbolism a great movie to symbolize so much that can be relevant i don't want to say it relates to the times because times have been the times it relates to the oppression of black people so this is a good movie to watch and i think that it's a great movie to review especially with the heightened social problems that are going on. I'm going to say heightened because it's not new social problems. These are problems that America has been had. So, yeah. Um, I'm T. Martell from Love and Relations Podcast. That's L-O-V-E-R-E-A-L-A-T-I-O-N-S. We talk about love, relationships, and everything in between. We touch on self-help. We touch on friend relationships, family relationships, and everything in between. I hope you guys um, enjoyed my review. Thank you. Hope to see you listening to my podcast which you can find on apple Podcasts, google spotify and soundcloud later hi i'm sunny hepburn and i'm brandy cleeks and we're from book of lies <laughs> the podcast and uh, hey you can connect with us on social on Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, on Facebook and Instagram at Book of Lies Podcast, and always visit our website at www.bookoflifepodcast.com. And today, today, we are here to talk to you a little bit about Get Out, the Jordan Peele, was that his debut album? No, album. <laughs> Lord Jesus. I think so. I think it was his debut. Yeah. Get Out, uh, 2017 horror film, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I think this was his first thing. So what did you think of the movie, Brandy? Um, I thought it was interesting until it started getting real fucking weird. <laughs> like the end, I was like, what is going on? Like, why is she acting the way she's acting? I can't. I can't. I can't. Liar. 
the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like nobody believes you, Allison. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a real name, <laughs> Allison. You're not acting very well. Get out of here. So I, I didn't see it in theaters. I actually saw it right after um, because everybody was hyping the fuck up of this movie. They were just like super hype, hype, hype about Get Out. You have to see it. You have to see it. Yeah, I saw it on like HBO. Yeah, exactly. When I saw it, I was like, why are they taking all the black people? Why are they? Why is she targeting black folks? Men and women, because the grandma. Yes, she was. She was pretending to be the maid. <laughs> yeah, their grandmother was their maid, housekeeper, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why did they have to play those parts? Why and did the he have to be the groundskeeper? Like yeah, because it was weird. Because you're black people, why are you around all these white people's house? Mm-hmm. You obviously are the help, and you're young, mm-hmm. and you have no place here. So we're gonna just. You're going to act as these essential workers in our house, (laughs) basically, (laughs) because, you know, we need them. And when people come around, that's who you're going to be. But when they're not around, you know, you're just grandma and grandpa or whatever. It's so strange. It's so strange. And then, you know what I'm realizing? The um the guy who did the weird handshake was this um uh-huh. Lake at Stanfield. Uh-huh. He's going up right now. He yeah. He's getting his chips. I thought it was weird that she was just like the mom was the one who was doing Catherine a- Keener. Yeah. I liked her in the forty year old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but um she was just like, Oh, let's just talk. Let's talk about what's going on. You want some tea? I'm just spin this spoon. It's not weird or anything. And what? She was stirring her tea with the, the the whirring sound that, you know, clicking of the, the spoon and the, the china that would like put him in a hypnotic state. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's weird. The sunken place. In, the place in your mind where you're you're trapped. You can't come out of it. Mm-hmm. And then were they like lobotomizing them and like putting the other person's essence inside of them? I don't think I really remember because I honestly I haven't seen it yeah it was basically like a personality transplant (laughs) (laughs) like we're going to suppress your personality and put this person's personality into your body Mm -hmm. it's very like convoluted and unrealistic but whatever It's a good movie. <laughs> and then that's when Rel got his 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 uh his little spotlight and then got his own show. Mm-hmm. So good job, Rel. Way to come through, TSA. I enjoyed the movie. A lot of people enjoyed the movie. Jordan Peele is still enjoying the movie. Mm. But I mean, hey, it's weird. It's weird. But then you said that they they weren't just targeting black people or they could have been tar- well the dad was one of the characters not it wasn't the dad it was um it was actually um milton from the office who not milton i'm sorry um who okay whatever the guy the blind man when he was talking about it and he's like you know it could have been anyone but the fact that they want to be able to recapture their oh this one yeah Stephen root um wanted to be if they wanted to be able to you know get whatever it is that they lost back mm-hmm. so the grandfather was able to run when he was younger and he enjoyed it but i guess maybe he took that for granted or whatever mm-hmm. and then when he was older he wasn't able to now he has this new body and he's able to run the grandma you know i guess she was obsessed with looking at herself in the mirror yeah. so you know she was always preening in the mirror so you know perhaps she 
miss the, the beauty that she had as a youth. I don't know. Um, and then again, the other guy, Stephen Rude's character is blind. So he wants to be able to see. It's just, it's, and they're bidding on them. Like, that's the, the, the part that I was just like, Auctioning. it was like a fucking, like, how they used to bid on slaves. Yeah. Back in the day, with, during the slave trade, where they would bid on them and they would be like, this, this big strapping buck, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it was just like, it's disgusting. How much is a human life actually worth to you? It's like, not what worth anything. Give me, give me the choice. Like, hey, I'll give you fifty thousand dollars, and I will take over your everything. Like, what's the point of this? I'm not even me anymore. I don't think they were they were, they weren't bidding fifty thousand dollars. They were bidding millions of dollars. That's insane. Oh yeah, so it's you know sold as a thriller. It, it is in the the thriller genre. Um, what I called it, I think that's why I didn't watch it in theaters because I don't do scary movies. Like you know how I am. Um, but it was more suspenseful and, you know, had its comedic moments because that's what Jordan Peele does. And like a couple of jump scares, but nothing like nothing that I was like, oh, my God, I like my horror movies to be fucking like I want to be like crying when I leave the theater. You're crazy. That never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like a movie to scare the living shit out of me. Oh, no. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. So um, you're still looking for that um, to uh, scare the, the shit out of you. Yes, I want to be like frightened. I want to be terrorized. Send me home crying, please. <laughs> no, I don't want that. I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. So, uh, hey, get out. It's awesome. Thanks for having us. Yes. So, hey, thanks for having us, Shar and Kelly. And uh, we hope this helps. Here's one thing that I'm going to make a commentary about for this movie. In real life, in reality, I am very doubtful that a white person would like to have their their minds, their mentality, their essence, their beings put into a black body just because of the things that happen to black people. Yep. And that still happen to black people. They in the movie weren't able to adapt to black culture. Right. So you get out of your car like I've noticed, like, if a white person gets pulled over, they can get out of their fucking car. Meanwhile, if I got out of my car, I would have a gun pulled on me. So imagine you're now in this black body and you're getting pulled over and you think you can just get out of the car and start smart mouthing a cop. Where do you think you're going to end up as an African-American? Just saying, they still had their white attitudes inside of these black bodies. So, yeah, that was... The disconnect for me it wasn't like they were assimilating to black culture. They were just now in black bodies. They weren't trying to be black. They were just trying to be what they were previous to their old age or whatever happened to them. Mm-hmm. So that plot hole. <laughs> um, and maybe Jordan Peele can address that later. Forget out too. Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks again for having us. Connect with us on social, uh, Twitter, Book of Life Pod, Instagram, Facebook, Book of Life Podcast. And you can find us on any podcatcher. We release a new episode every Tuesday. Bye. <laughs> TTYL. TTYL. Hi, Drinking and Screaming Podcast. 
I'm Anna, and my podcast, Anademia, is about my experience in graduate school from a Black and STEM perspective. My thoughts on Get Out, besides for it being such a great and unique film, are that I love how it shows that sometimes the scariest thing is what presents itself as harmless. In the beginning of the movie, Chris hits a deer, which is a common cause for accidents and could have led the movie down a dark path. But that's not what ends up putting Chris in danger. Then when the cop enters, that's also an obvious horror because of the history of police brutality in America. But what ends up being the thing that puts Chris in danger is him putting his trust in someone who sees him as less than human, but covers that up with liberal knowledge like Rose and her family do in the movie. I also related to Chris a lot in the scene where he walks into the party and finds the only other Black person in the room just to see that they do not acknowledge their Blackness, and then he ends up feeling even more alone. I've had that experience in academia before, so I really related to this part of the film. I felt alone in academia because I've wanted to talk about my Black experience and race in that setting, but people have avoided the topic because it's hard to do the work to undo these systems, so people would rather ignore the problem even when they're the ones suffering from it. This is part of the reason why I started my podcast to be able to share my Black experience in graduate school so we don't ignore these topics. I think this film does a great job of showing covert racism and how it can be just as harmful as someone being blatantly racist. So those are some of my thoughts on the film. You can find me on Twitter at Anna3Liz and my podcast on Instagram at It's Anademia and also stream it on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and other podcasting platforms if you want to hear more about my graduate school journey. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and fans and stuff. We want to start out by saying that if you want to help Black Lives Matter, but aren't sure how, here's something you can do. At Breonna Taylor deserves justice. The officers who murdered her still have not been charged. Now more than ever, we must keep up the pressure and demand that the Louisville mayor act now. You can dial 844-298-2731 to demand these officers are charged and fired. Her memorial fund is also in this episode's show notes if you have the funds available to donate. We also want to thank some amazing listeners who have been sending in some emails to us. Anna sent us a message about the trailer for the Dead Island video game and how amazing its horror storytelling is, and we agree. I think this was response to me being super nerdy about Gears of War's trailer, yes. <laughs> and I appreciated how nerdy she got about the Dead Island video game trailer because I also fucked around with that when it came out. That trailer is so good. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Another thanks to Shannon, who sent in some thoughts on Get Out. She says, I could go on for hours about Jordan Peele movies and all their secret touches. Thanks for picking Get Out. You picked a good time to review a movie where the final girl gets to beat the bad guys to death. 
And I want to say, fuck yeah, but this was totally accidental. <laughs> we had planned to do Get Out a long, long time ago just because we love this film. But obviously, I'm so glad that we got to get all the black podcasters on to help us out. Yeah, I think that was the best use of this episode was to have other people's voices talk out because we've... We don't. We, we literally don't have experiences with this, so it didn't make sense for us to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'm very glad to all the people that sent in their own views on it. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Anderson Distilling, who provided us with their limoncello used in today's cocktail. They have a secret, and I will tell you what their secret is. They do cold infusion, which apparently is incredibly hard, but it lets them get the aroma of the lemons really in their limoncello. I think that's my favorite thing about distilleries being like, man, making our drink is super complicated and probably not worth it, but we want to do it this way. Hell yeah. And yeah, they have a wide range of liqueurs that you can get. I really want to try their rosemary one. Unfortunately, we just have the limoncello for this season. So if you're curious about that, so am I. If you buy their stuff, tell them we sent you. So maybe they'll sponsor us more. (laughs) Give me the rosemary liqueur. (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com or go to our discord and come hang out at bit.ly slash hopped up discord. We also have a Patreon. We produce this podcast on our own. A lot of hard work goes into it. We would love it if you could share with us at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Also, you made a website that you keep forgetting to talk about. Oh, yeah. We have a website. All our information's on it. You can listen to our episodes. There are pictures of us if you don't know what we look like. I have horror articles that I'm writing that are going to be put up on there. They're going to be like top 10 lists and fun shit. So if you want to see anything about that or get direct donation support links, uh, you can go to drinkingandscreaming.com. Now back to the episode. Are you ready for... Scaredy facts! So I was in charge of doing the scaredy facts for this episode. For those of you who don't know, this section of our podcast is a mirror image of Shar and I's relationship where... Every time we watch a horror movie, we like to snuggle up in bed and try to calm down by reading some trivia facts and just making the film seem less scary and totally unrealistic and not based on reality in any way whatsoever. Of course. Which doesn't work so much for this one. But I'm still interested. Yeah, especially now. (laughs) So starting out with the budget, this movie cost $4.5 million to make. That's that's pretty reasonable. That's a, I mean, especially considering that most of this movie takes place in a house. Yeah. And. And the yard, like the party scene and stuff. Yeah. And other than the like climax of the movie, there's not that much like action or special effects or anything like that. Hmm. During the opening weekend in the States alone, this movie made $33 million. Hell yeah. And globally, it has made $255 million. That's awesome. I know for a fact, and it's not part of my facts, that in 2017, this was the highest grossing horror movie until Annabelle creation came out, (laughs) which then also lost to it. (laughs) Damn it. Wow. Good year for horror. 2017 fucking great year for horror. So great. But uh, yeah, also another fact that I didn't include, but as I remember it, it works. Uh, This was 
I don't know if the or one of the first movies to have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes when it first came out. That's amazing. And then it slowly deteriorated as White racist people, people lost it. it. Yeah. Damn it. All right. You ready for some facts? I am so ready. I really am intrigued. We watched um, one of those like Jordan Peele talks about fan theory things, yes. which is pretty interesting. Um, some of them were extremely dumb and convoluted, much like this trivia section. This is this has to be the worst one that I've seen for this podcast. We're looking at the trivia. It's literally just people writing. Did you notice that this thing happened in the movie? Which is funny that you point that out, because while we were watching that Jordan Peele goes through fan theories, half of them were. Yeah. Did, you, did you know that that the, the cup symbolizes her ability to oh yeah, control one of the, someone? One of the facts in the trivia was at the end when Chris destroys the cup, it symbolizes him destroying her power. No, it... <laughs> <laughs> literally is him destroying her power like and oh, then so one of the things in the interview was like did you mean to have a deer at the beginning of the movie and then a deer at the end of the movie it's yes whoa <laughs> anyways it was very Wait. annoying reading these trivia facts because it's a very big page of <laughs> synopsis more or less but were you able to find some good stuff yes all right and my first one is during an appearance on late night with seth myers allison williams who plays rose said that a after making this movie, a lot of like literally specifically white people would come up to her not believing that her character was purely evil and being like, oh, she must have been hypnotized, too. Or like, oh, she was a victim of the Armitage family, to which she responds like she's just evil. How hard is that to accept? She's bad. We gave you so many ways to know that she's bad. She has photos of people whose lives she's ended behind her like. The oh min- my god, yeah. The minute that Chris is gone, she puts those back up. Like she's she's pure evil and people are just like, "No, maybe she, something's something else is there." Like white people have such a hard time understanding that she's just fucking evil. Oh my god, that which, sucks. Which like she's a good actress, I guess. Like she played such a convincing, lovely person in the beginning. Yeah. So that she confused all of the people into thinking that she can't just be a sociopath who can jump between different personalities. Yeah. I pointed out to you while we were watching it that they did a really good job introducing her character to us because she has like, she's bringing Chris breakfast. So her hands are like filled with like coffee and bags of food and stuff. So she has to knock on the door with her head. And that's just so like relatable. Everyone's had to do that or like felt weird at a door when they don't have hands yeah and but then like but she goes crazy and specifically like when you watch this a second time like her mannerisms and like the way that she talks to chris in the beginning is like gaslighting though yeah because he's like well shouldn't you tell your family that i'm black and she's like well why should i like that's not a problem and throughout the whole movie she does that like even when he's she constantly makes him question why he brought up something that was bothering him. Yeah. And then he has to say, oh, no, it's fine. Never mind. Don't worry. I just wanted to talk about it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And And that sucks. And you might not notice it in the beginning, especially if you've never dealt with that situation. And I know Jordan Peele has said that this is a movie he wants people to watch twice. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, she's very convincing of like sweet, lovely girlfriend. But watching it a second time, you're like, "Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) My second fact is, uh, oh, yeah, this one's just like clever framing that I like. So when Chris is uh, standing in the room with Georgina and she kind of has like her breakdown and she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Behind Chris, there's a poster that's specifically cut off on the frame and it says Chris is dead. What? I don't know what the main poster says, but the way that it's framed, it says Chris is dead right behind Chris. Wow. Which is so cool. (laughs) 
I need to watch for that. I opened up an image of it. Just type in like uh, get out Georgina and there should be a picture of the scene uh, from Chris's or like pointing at Chris yeah. and you can see it and it says Chris is dead, which is what the heck? Wow, that's cool. Super cool. All right. My next fact is the last name Armitage is an homage to the 20th century horror writer H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, uh, it's the last name of a protagonist in Lovecraft story, the Dunwich Horror, which I think is the only Lovecraft book that I actually own. Though the Armitage family is villainous in the movie, the use of the name reflects the movie's homage to elements in Lovecraft stories. Decadent New England families with ties to the occult or secret societies, transmigration of souls from one body to another, altered states of reality, and so on. Also, Lovecraft's a huge fucking racist. I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to say, if you didn't say it, I was going to be like, eh, we shouldn't really be supporting Oh, no. But it works. He's an awful person. Just look up what he named his fucking cat. He's a terrible, terrible person. And all of the stories of like, oh, these scary people who came from like this town I don't recognize and their dark, scary skin. It's like horrible, horrible stuff. It's one of those situations where like old gods and like the the space alien old gods is like cool. And like the idea of becoming super insane to the point of like damaging your body is neat. But also Lovecraft... was hella racist. <laughs> My next fact is um, <laughs> this one is pertaining to another movie we did in this season. Ooh. Uh, when Rod is talking to Chris on the phone and he's like standing outside the airport, uh, you can hear someone call for flight 237 in the background, <gasps> which is a reference to the scary room in The Shining. Shining. Very cool. Yeah, that was in the Jordan Peele video we watched. He's yeah. like, it's the easiest reference to make. <laughs> I just I recorded myself saying flight 237 and there you go. Oh, is do you have that in there? No, I don't think he did that one. He did the sound of the deer that was dying in the Which beginning of the movie. Very cool. He imitated it. And he did. uh, There's a commercial that Rod is watching that says, I think it's like a university. university. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the mind is a terrible thing to waste or something. But yeah, I feel like 237 is like the Wilhelm scream of horror references. Like you can just drop it at any point in your movie and you're like, aha, I did it. All right. My next fact is that regarding the meaning of the sunken place. So I brought this up a little bit. Yeah. um, Jordan Peele said that the sunken place means uh, that they are marginalized. No matter how hard we scream, the system silences us, which is. Yeah. I'm so glad that everyone's fighting right now in the world yeah. against this. And it's been going. It's not been like, oh, it's just happening now. This has been going on for so long and they yeah. haven't been heard. And that's fucked up. But also it sucks because this means that all these people that are fighting are also at risk to getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've seen a lot of them wearing masks. Yeah. We would be out there if I wasn't high risk. Yes. We fight. We fight from in here with our money and trying to promote people. And we have very little money. Yes. We're very small. We try. (laughs) You made that sound like we were like big, ginormous, wealthy people. With our 30s of dollars. Yeah, and it wasn't even our money. It's from the Patreon. Your money. We're giving away your money, listeners. <laughs> I mean, if any of our listeners are not okay with that, I'm f- don't have Stop to be our listening. listener. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where was I? Uh, oh yeah. And after two thirty seven. I've also like heard people use the sunken place in real life now, which makes me wonder if he came up with it or if it was like an, an established thing. Hmm. But um, yeah, I've heard. The phrase the sunken place used much more frequently now. Yeah. Next fact, despite tremendous critical acclaim, like we said, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes when it came out. Yeah. uh, The film has proven to be uh, divisive for older Oscar voters. (laughs) 
Some dismissed it while others claimed that it was problematic due to the racial themes. Sweet. Um, A lot of younger Oscar voters actually had to convince some of them to even watch it and actually assess the film. That's fucked up. I think that seems like you're not allowed to do that if you're an Oscar voter. Aren't you supposed to watch every movie? Yeah. Also, didn't it win an Oscar? Oh, it won so much. Yeah. It is like such a like award winning movie. It isn't insane that people whose job it is to watch movies and vote on them is like this one about the black people and their troubles. I'm not watching that one. Give me more Avengers. I fucking hate the Avengers. What? (laughs) I don't. Listen, let's not cut down other movies because some other movies are more important. I don't. I know. I'm just not a big fan of superhero movies. Maybe because I never see myself in them. I fucking love Avengers. At least Captain Marvel. The horror Avengers. <laughs> Keep going. But that's fair. All right. Don't look. Don't look at don't look at the screen. So staring into your cold dead eyes. It's true. There's nothing behind them. <laughs> uh, so I have a list here of Rotten Tomatoes top 100 horror movies. Okay. Spoiler, get out is on it. Um <laughs> what number do you think get out is? This is scariest or just top this horror? This is just 100 top horror movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Now. Right now. I go- I literally googled it just before we yeah. re- researched. Um, I'm going to say fifth. Ooh, that was closer than I thought. It's uh it's third. Nice. Guess what the number one ranked movie on the 100 horror movies in Rotten Tomatoes is? The Shining? Us. Oh, of course. Jordan, Jordan Peele fucking killing it. I did figure that that would be high up there. Also on this list, number five is A Quiet Place. Yeah, I love A Quiet Place. Uh, Number nine is The Babadook. Ah, I love The Babadook. Number 11 is Hereditary. Ah, are you trying to kill me? All of these movies came out after Get Out. Like this, this is these, this is a really modern list. Like in there is the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which I've never seen and sounds, ex- I've heard is really pretentious, I think. I think that Isn't was- not that a movie from like the 30s? Uh, 1920, according to this list. Aha! Nosferatu, King Kong, uh, Bride of Frankenstein. These are all on the list, but like mo- movies that were 2017 or later have made it to the top 11 on a list of 100 best horror movies of all time. Like, are we going through a horror movie renaissance? I think so. Because definitely like, with all the changes going on in the world, like even with women's rights and everything, we've seen a lot more feminist horror, a lot more awesome. horror. That's great. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be living in a time when we get badass horror movies. Actual diversity. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see the same regurgitated shit over and over. Not that the classics are not. They're classic not for that a reason. I don't want to keep seeing conjuring movies. <laughs> My horror Avengers, but the top three movies, two of them are from a black director and about black people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's good lists. Also, I'm sad that King Kong is not Skull Island because you know how much I love Skull Island. I don't know why, but I do know that you love that movie. All right. One final fact. Okay. You know how I love my gun and car facts? (gasps) There were guns and cars in this movie. There were no gun and car facts, though. Oh, I'm so sorry, my love. But I did find Chris's cell phone (laughs) was a Microsoft Lumia 950. Thanks, Chris. Which is the most (laughs) hipster fucking phone I have ever heard of. Is it? I had a friend who was a like giant hipster and he used a Microsoft Lumia. And Chris is a giant hipster. (laughs) Look at his photographer. His apartment looks like our apartment. He's a (laughs) photographer wearing fucking skinny jeans and button downs that don't fit. Using a Microsoft Lumia 950. (laughs) Hipster. Oh, man. 
Anyways, that was it. I don't have any car or gun facts. Oh, I'm sorry. But, but that uh, is, I you you managed to get some good stuff for a list of trivia that had so many. Did you know that? Did you notice that Chris was black? <laughs> did you know that that was the plot of the movie? Whoa. I tried to mix like fun ones with sad ones and I hope I did a good job. Yeah, I feel uplifted. I feel good. Are you ready for some final thoughts? I am ready for some final thoughts. And now that we've seen the list of top 100 horror movies and one in three are from Jordan Peele, my final thought is all that more applicable. Go for it. Because I don't know who knows this, but apparently us and Get Out are part of a trilogy that he's making. Well, anyone who's a listener of ours should know because we already talked about that in our Us episode. That's true. We did talk about that. Did I, I mean, say the mentioned same, it. Did I say the same fact or the same final thought when we watched I don't know. Us? Anyway, tell me. I think I just I think I said I don't want to poo poo your final thought. I'm so excited for the third one of the trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, I also I don't I need to look up how often this happens, because the only other time that I can remember a trilogy or like an anthology that isn't I guess anthology is the word because Edgar Wright did the Cornetto trilogy, which is Hot Fuzz, um, World's End and Shaun of the Dead. Mm. And they're not technically part of each other's universe like they're not technically like a continuation yeah. but they are considered a trilogy uh and jordan peele is doing the same with these i wonder how often that happens huh. i guess anthology is this the fucking word i'm looking for yeah <laughs> <laughs> my final thought is basically i'm just beating it to a dead horse i'm not going to go into too much detail but i just love that we got to watch it again for this podcast it's really a film that you gain so much more the second time for sure but even so there's more you'll notice watch after watch And I loved it. It's good. It's a great movie. Yeah. Well, that's been Get Out, a movie about fuck the police and how TSA agents handle it. Also kind of fuck the TSA, though, because I've only ever heard bad things about them also being kind of racist. Well, yeah, Dee Dee was talking about that earlier in the episode, about every time he comes here, he has to get searched for like hours. What the fuck? Vancouver, get out of here. It's kind of weird that Jordan Peele would make a TSA agent the The hero. hero. (laughs) He was amazing. He was such a great part of the film. I love him. If only we could all have a friend that will do like corkboard (laughs) analysis to save you. (laughs) Next week, we'll be watching One Cut of the Dead, also from 2017. I'm excited because I don't know literally anything about this movie, and apparently that's the best way to watch it. Yes, same. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Bye!